Today, I'm going to ask a question. What is a power dynamic? What exactly is power exchange? And what might you be missing in thinking about dominance and submission? Hello, this is Viola Strepsada Volteri. And you are listening to Obedient Love. My ex-husband never thought that he was dominating the room. He thought of himself as simply curious, the perpetual interviewer, the explorer of other people. When we think of dominance, we often think of someone lording over others, imposing themselves, barking orders, controlling through sheer force of will. But dominance doesn't have to look like the classic image of tyrannical control. Being an avid reader on the subject of power and submission, I picked up Kasia Urbaniak's new book, Unbound, A Woman's Guide to Power. And it made something click for me in my conceptualization of power itself that felt like the piece I'd been missing for a long time. Back to my ex, I once hosted Madame Cleo Dubois, a well-known kink educator, in my home. I brought her to Chicago from San Francisco to teach me and a small group of other women a several-day-long workshop on professional domination. We were all hanging out, and my ex was doing his usual probing, which he does when he's in any group of people. He was getting Cleo to talk about herself, and anything she brought up, he would ask a lot of questions. At one point, she was talking about some bad experiences that she'd had in the Middle East, where he's from, and she suddenly stopped. I don't have to talk about this subject. It's very personal, she stated plainly. What makes you think you can ask about that? My ex went silent, and suddenly all eyes were on him. He fumbled and apologized, and the conversation was over. I had witnessed something I'd never seen happen in exchanges with this man. Someone set a firm boundary and then turned all of the attention in the room around 180 degrees. How can you be in a dominant position when you're allowing people to talk about themselves? That doesn't seem logical. You're sitting back and allowing people to talk, right? This is the missing piece to the dominant submissive dynamic that I had been too inexperienced to realize until much later. Think of a time when you felt put on the spot. You felt like you were folding inward, unable to redirect your energy outward because you were searching inside yourself for a response. You are, at the moment, in a fully submissive state. I was just watching a scene in a show that I really like. It's called I May Destroy You. In it, the main character, the writer, Arabella, visits her publisher. She's got something to ask from the woman, and she's being assertive. The woman suddenly, out of nowhere, turns all of the energy around and asks Arabella some very awkward and a bit aggressive questions. I recognized that turnaround. It was a flip of the power dynamic. Arabella was being assertive in asking for something, and the publisher, in a defensive move, 
turns Arabella inward and effectively switched off that assertiveness. The publisher dominated Arabella. It is that outward versus inward flow of energy that I had never put into words in regards to dominance and submission. All of the superficial things we know about appearing dominant, from the way we stand or sit to take up space, to the relative height of the speakers, to the tone in one's voice, doesn't mean a damned thing if you don't know how to direct energy and attention. Kasia Urbaniak says that she can dominate someone using a soft voice while she's balled up in the fetal position. And it's true. If you can make the other person fold inward rather than directing their attention outward, then you've effectively dominated them. You can do it sweetly and gently. You can do it in a commanding tone. You can do it by asking a question. You can do it in a way that makes the other person feel held and safe, or you can do it in a way that shuts them down. Returning back to my ex, who tended to dominate conversations, one thing that used to drive me crazy with him was the question, why? That word can be brandished like a single-tail whip to bring a person to their knees. Why did you do that? Why would you say that? Why do you think that? If you're unaware, it will instantly make you fold inward and search for an answer. And sometimes there is no answer, and you can collapse in on yourself, weeping, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because often that question is asked not out of genuine curiosity, but rather out of judgment. It's expressing disapproval directed sharply at you. I used to get angry at the constant asking of why because it felt domineering. I now know it was the feeling of folding inward, asking myself if I'd done something wrong and needed to justify myself. Exasperated, I began to ask him, why do you always ask why? So just to back up, in essence, submission is turning inward whether that's forced onto you or internally initiated, makes a huge difference, as does whether or not you feel safe and held while doing so. Submissive men are often stating their consent to be taken on that journey. Everything about being submissive is an inward movement. Subspace is the self folding in on itself, like an image of what's called a torus, an endless self-churning, inwardly spiraling shape. When the self is allowed to fold inward, all artifice falls away. In fact, the whole world falls away. Dominance and submission is a conversation. It must happen within a dynamic. And if you think of dominance as a spotlight, whomever controls the spotlight is the dominant person. By being in a room full of people and turning the spotlight on various people, asking personal and probing questions, my ex was the dominant person in the room. And that is exactly what it felt like. Even though he was not drawing attention to himself or talking about himself, only if someone took control of where the spotlight shines would he lose his position of dominance. 
As a dominant myself, I take control of the spotlight, shine it on you, and from there, I have a number of choices. I can correct your behavior. I can interrogate you. I can give an order. I can move you, do things to you. I can hypnotize you and pull your mind in specific directions. I'm doing to you. But whatever I'm doing, I'm not aiming the light inside myself to search for what to do. I'm directing my attention outward. This is why it's been shown that a person in a BDSM scene who is dominant is in what's called the flow state. They are letting energy move through them onto the submissive. They're focused and creative, flowing outward, watching the submissive carefully for their responses and reactions, and changing course accordingly. While the submissive state is receptive, research shows that subspace is just like deep meditation. That is, it's an internal and inward state. Even when a sub is serving the dom, he's asking, am I doing this correctly? What do I need to do next? I've witnessed this in my sub, Robbie. He's always asking submissive questions. Is this how I do it? Who am I? What am I becoming? How does mistress like this? How am I perceived? He's begun asking the questions that women are trained to ask from birth. How should I be? This is why I begin my classes for submissive men with inward-looking exercises. Men are conditioned to focus on the action. I get them to slow down and focus on how they are rather than what they do. Tell me what to do to get a dominant woman, they ask of me. I stop them in their tracks and turn them around. I will tell you how to be instead. Reverse the flow of energy from penetrating to receptive in order to become a magnet for dominance. And pay attention next time you have social interactions. The dominant person in the room is not one who is standing up and demanding the attention be all on them. Sometimes they're quiet and observant. They're sitting back and shining the spotlight where they want it to go. Respond well to the spotlight of a dominant's attention and you'll have a great time. Take the spotlight and shine it on them and you're missing an opportunity to submit. There's nothing wrong with either role. It just depends on how you want to be and what your desires are. Some guys fail at dates by being submissive when they don't even realize it. You may have heard a woman come away saying he only talks about himself. In such a case, he's missed the opportunity to hold her gently in the spotlight and allow her to relax and submit. Given that most women are a bit more submissive, which is a result of our childhood conditioning, they won't like a man who talks only about himself. The truth is, they will say he's arrogant. However, what she's feeling is that he's submissive and he's forcing her to aggressively take the wheel and drive. And his inward focus and submission isn't being guided or led, so all he can really do is prattle on aimlessly, seemingly to himself. Ideally, in initial communications, there'll be a dance back and forth between dominance and submission, but do pay attention to how the majority of your own interactions go. Whether forced to take the dominant or the submissive position in a conversation, it can feel very awkward. 
Just as Cleo didn't like to be thrust into the inward and submissive role, some women don't want to be forced into the dominant, outward, directing role. This, I think, is the little-known secret about dominance and submission. We have cartoonish images of what each part entails, but if you begin to see things through this lens of inwardly folding, receptive, submissive energy versus the outwardly penetrating and guiding dominant energy, it becomes so much clearer. 